Hello and welcome to the first Loved and Lost podcast, a project that invites people to explore their personal stories of loss. Each person is invited to find a family photograph of themselves with someone who's passed away. We then return to the location of that photograph together to restage the photograph and afterwards we find somewhere to sit down and talk. Everyone's story of loss is unique. There's no right or wrong way to deal with it. But the thing that's helped me the most is to talk about it. Thank you for tuning in to the first of series one of the Loved and Lost podcast. My name is Simon Bray, creator of Loved and Lost, a project I started after I lost my dad to prostate cancer. I wanted to find a way to talk about my loss and in the process encourage others to talk about their grief and give them a chance to celebrate the people that they've lost. Each show will feature one person telling their story and sharing what it was like to take part in the project. It's never easy to hear people talk about loss, but my hope is that listening to the stories of others will go some way in breaking down the social taboo of discussing our grief. Loss can be emotionally draining and confusing. It can often feel like there's no best way to process everything. But I hope that hearing how others have navigated that path will offer you strength in the midst of wherever you are on that journey. Today's podcast features an interview with Will, who I met at his home in Malmesbury in Wiltshire, before taking the short walk up to Malmesbury Abbey to restage a photograph taken with his dad when he was a boy. Will shares a bit about who his dad was, a creative, exuberant and well-loved man within the town, who had also been the mayor. Will talks about the tragic loss of his dad, about the phone call he'd received to tell him that his dad had passed away, and also shares how he has started to overcome the pain of grief. I'll be back at the end to let you know how to find out more about Will's story and how you could participate in the project yourself. But for now, I'll leave Will to introduce himself and tell you about the photograph that we restaged for the project. So my name is Will Navoyi and the photo that I've chosen is of me with my dad and I was probably about two and a half. The photo is special to me because it sums up a time when me and my dad had a really good relationship and was in a place that he cared very much about and I've come to care very much about. So it seems like the most relevant photo that I could think of that would suit my concept of what your project is and so it sprung to mind immediately there wasn't any question in my head when I saw your project that photo came into my head this is um, outside Malmesbury Abbey and Malmesbury is a special place to our family because my dad was born there and never left and I was born there and I moved away and since my daughter's been born me and my family have moved back to Malmesbury because I had an idyllic childhood and I would like my daughter to have an idyllic childhood. It holds a more significance than I think I'd realised before and coming back to a place that has such a strong community where my dad was a massive part of that community, it, yeah, it holds a, a particular significance that I hadn't appreciated. Yeah, so my dad was so passionate about the place he was born that he researched the history of it and he wrote a book about the history of it 
he would get very angry about things not being the way they should and that's probably the way he thought they should which isn't always the right thing but that's the way that he thought and if he thought something was wrong he would go out of his way to try and fix that but instead of being obstructive he knew how the system worked and so he became a councillor was on a lot of committees he uh, was mayor twice he um, was an active member of the community when they bulldozed the hospital um, he made sure that he um, got publicity um, around the fact that that was an asset to the community that's been removed and he campaigned a lot to make sure that something was put there in his place and I think that to me in terms of any legacy above him being a you know a character and him being sort of really well known in the town and him writing a book and him producing loads of paintings and everybody having a story about him to me the legacy is the fact that we still have a, a health centre here because if it wasn't for him and the people that he'd got around him it wouldn't have happened. It was an absolutely normal day. Like m mine and my dad's relationship was at a good point, and we used to speak to each other like once a week, twice a week. Um, we didn't see each other as much as we should, but he was in Malmesbury, and I was in London, and I was busy, and he said he was busy, and so we talk on the phone quite a bit, and um. One day I gave him a call because I wanted to chat to him and he was driving so he said he'd call me back and um, he'd gone out to do some painting with a friend um, and he said he'd call me back afterwards so I was just getting on with the rest of my day and um, uh, the phone call didn't come, phone call didn't come and then I got a phone call off his number and on the end of the phone was somebody that was just absolutely hysterical, like somebody that was just completely losing the plot, like somebody that was in shock, somebody that couldn't really breathe very well, couldn't talk, and they just kept saying, he's dead, he's dead. And I knew it wasn't my dad because it wasn't his voice, but I needed to know what was going on. So I asked the person on the phone to pass me on to someone else and they passed me on to a paramedic who said are you the next of kin and I didn't really know what to think then so I kind of asked what the situation was and they said that they'd been called out to a man who collapsed and when they got there that he died and that's how I found out about it which was well horrific to be honest it wasn't I mean there's no good way of finding out but yeah that just my because of but I think the way that I had someone that was hysterical and then someone that was just like coldly factual my brain didn't know how to process what was happening and I don't think it would have been able to process the situation anyway but I didn't yeah I didn't I had no idea what to do so I just stood there for don't know how long just thinking about 
was that real? Like, was I awake? Was this actually a, a, a real thing? Was this someone taking the piss out of me? Was this some sick joke that somebody was making on me? Um, and then I needed, once I'd processed that, I realised the enormity of that situation. And so phoned my brother and literally said, Dad's died, I don't know what to say. And just hung up. And then I spoke to mum and told her to pull over in the car. And she told me that that was stupid. And I said that she had to pull over. And then I told her. And she just said no in a way that, well, basically broke my heart completely. Something that's like a tattoo. Like, that will stay with me forever. The way that she said that will always stay with me. Because even though they'd got divorced five years before, it was, you know, it's, it's the father of her children. It's, they still loved each other, definitely. They just couldn't be together. So, yeah, it was just all horrible. <laughs> I don't think that there's a good way of finding out. And I think that the reason why this project is so important and whilst I'm talking about me why I find it so important is that it it gives people an understanding of what it's like and that there isn't a way of doing it and that there isn't some form of hierarchy because earlier on when you were talking about your dad that broke me like that's even like to me that's even worse so it's odd that you've said that it seems worse this way around because actually to me it seems worse seeing someone's demise like the way I look at it is my dad was with his best mate at a beauty spot and had a massive coronary so he probably didn't even feel anything anyway and if you gotta go any way at all then that's pretty good actually I mean the rest of it the, the the fallout, the impact it has on everybody is shit. But for him personally, no one needed to worry about... You know, he didn't need to see this effect that he was having on other people because that's one thing I think must be awful for people is to feel a burden on their family and to see that they potentially are being a burden on their family. And so... I think that it's very difficult to try and compare the severity of something when yeah there isn't there isn't a hierarchy and there isn't uh, you know one one thing's worse than the other I just don't think that you can ever prepare yourself for it he had to have an autopsy and so after the autopsy that's when they laid out the body and that's when when I went that's when I realised that it wasn't a sick joke and that's when the grieving started was when I actually came to terms with it. I mean, it, if you look at the grief curve, it, it it's a thing. Like, it, it really is. It's funny how you can actually draw it out. So I was in absolute denial until I saw the body, like, completely. I was going through the motions because, like, all of the things that happen when someone dies happen to me. Like, I'm getting all these phone calls from people, like from the hospitals like you have to give consent for this from the police being like we need to move the car um from uh like the funeral director being like we need to make arrangements and so 
the motions are happening for me to understand that my dad's died, but it wasn't until I saw him laid out that I had any understanding that he died. The thing that really got me out of it was my friend Ollie, who was like, can you help me out with something? And I was like, what, basically? And he was like, I've got this uh, art installation at the Big Chill Festival. Do you want to come to the Big Chill Festival and work? And I was like, yeah. So it, it was Ollie that got me out of that. Because he treated me completely normally. And that was the bit that got me. It was just like someone was like, come on, mate, let's do this. It'll be fun. I need help. Can you help me? It'll be fun. And that's what started actually getting me back to normal was realising that it was me being the idiot, not everyone else. And so actually that people were nice. And it, But it was just the fact that he wasn't all like, oh, they're there. He was just like, come on. Let's do it, let's have fun. And that, that got me back on track to say, okay. And it was, it was that whole thing about people don't know what to say. And it's almost like, don't say anything, actually. Or, because there's nothing, there's nothing you can say. I don't have any advice to people at all about what to say. I think all you can say to people is, I'm here, I'm ready. It's that whole thing, oh yeah, I don't think there's a right way. There's, yeah, there's no advice I can give to anybody for it. Well, I would like our society to change a little bit in terms of how we view death. Because, you know, as much as we can say, oh, it's, you know, funerals are a celebration of life, like, a lot of them aren't. And a lot of them are really kind of sombre affairs. And I just think if we were to talk about it more and we, you know, and it wasn't such a taboo subject you know we talk about other things that are really personal to us in people talk to me about their medical conditions all the time and it's like you're happy to talk to, to me about your you know whatever might be wrong with you your, your, your feet rotting off because of your diabetes but you're not going to talk to me about dying and it's just I just kind of wish that people would talk about it more so I think it's going to happen you may as well have a plan to share with your family about you know, what you'd like, because then you don't have to, like, second guess. Because that's tough in itself, is not knowing and then thinking, oh, my God, did, did I make the right decision? And then never knowing if you made the right decision. Thank you so much to Will for sharing his story. He was so welcoming and accommodating, letting me bring along a film crew from the BBC to document the day whilst maintaining his focus on the emotions and significance of what his dad meant to him. You can see the photographs and read his story on the project website at lovedandlostproject.co.uk, which also features all the other stories from the project. I would love to hear your thoughts on Will's story, and please get in touch to share your own story and how you've navigated the difficult journey of loss. You can get in touch on Facebook at Loved and Lost Project, Twitter at Loved and Lost Pro or through the project website at lovedandlostproject.co.uk. You'll also find information there about how you can take part in the project by restaging your own photographs. Everything you need to know is on the participate page. Thank you again for taking the time to listen and please feel free to share the podcast with friends, family and anyone you think might benefit from hearing it. I'll be back next time with another story from the Loved and Lost Project. 
Until then, take good care of yourself. Thanks so much to Beck for sharing her story. It was such a privilege to meet her and spend the day in Scarborough together. You can see the photographs and read her story on the project website at lovedandlostproject.co.uk, which also features all the other stories from the project. I would love to hear your thoughts on Beck's story, and please do get in touch to share your own story, how you've navigated your own difficult journey of loss. You can get in touch on Facebook at Loved and Lost Project, Twitter at Loved and Lost Pro or through the project website at lovedandlostproject.co.uk. You'll also find information there about how you can take part in the project by restaging your own photographs. Everything you need to know is on the participate page. Thank you again for taking the time to listen and please feel free to share the podcast with friends, family and anyone you think might benefit from hearing it. I'll be back next time with another story from the Loved and Lost Project. Until then, take good care of yourself.